and welcome to this latest edition of the CL Insights podcasts. I'm Martin Sutcliffe. I am CL's aquaculture expert um, and aquaculture specialist, and I'm delighted today to be joined by Paddy Estridge of Sea Regeneration. She is Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder. Hi, Paddy. Hi, Martin. Great to be here. Good to see you. Um, so, this, uh, this series of podcasts is all around funding and funding for the future. We've had a recent webinar um, that was uh, put out a couple of weeks back, and that's available on our website as well. Um, but what we're trying to do with this latest series is really dig down into what makes a successful funding bid. How does that work and, and what makes um, collaboration successful and what makes consortium successful? So we're going to take a little bit of a dive into that with Paddy uh, and hopefully give you guys some insight into how to win some of those in important R&D bids uh, that can drive innovation forward. So Paddy, um, tell us a little bit about seaweed generation. Um, so Seaweed Generation is a company that is developing robotics to harness the power of seaweed in the fight against climate change. Um, and we're working on a few different spectrums, I suppose, or um, functionalities of robot. Um, we're working on cultivation of seaweed for many different purposes, including um, high protein seaweeds for animal feeds. And we are also working on um, robotics to transport um, the seaweed from its cultivation area or to intercept free floating seaweed um, that can sometimes be problematic in different areas. So robots and seaweed is the main takeaway. Cool. I like it. I like it. Cool. OK, so um, I think was it about this time last year, you you guys were successful in building a, a bid for a little bit of seed funding that CL put out. Uh, and that was obviously focusing on some of those high protein um, seaweeds that you've been talking about and, and feeding them to chickens. Right. Is that yeah yeah that's right um i think just under a year ago um yeah, yeah we put together our first um a proposal for our first prototype of our um automated cultivation rig um which is designed to grow a specific type of high protein seaweed it theoretically could grow any type of seaweed um but the high protein ones are the more interesting ones to develop cultivation techniques for um and we worked with cl to put in a bid for our very first prototype, um, which we completed in, was it the spring, I think? I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it about a six-month um, project uh, where we where we proved out and tested a bunch of different theories that we had. Cool, good times. Um, and then that, that has then, that's been developed further, right, in, in collaboration with a couple of CL partners, and that's been developed into something that, that's gone into Innovate UK. Um, and, and it looks as though that's going to be taken to the next step with any luck. Uh, yes, we're in the early or well, the, the early stages, having won two bids to take that further forward um, of the paperwork and the sort of kickoff. Um, also with CL, um, this time as collaborative partners for managing the project with us. Um, both of those, the two that we've won, um, will kick off in September. Um, and they're both focused again on the same type of high pr high protein seaweed, which um, is dulse, uh, which is a type of red seaweed, yeah. um, and um, also to analyse and grow in some of the bids a little bit of Atlantic wakame, which is um, a, another high protein seaweed, which is a different um, different colour of seaweed. Um, and those those two bids are we? I don't know if we're allowed to talk about them publicly yet, are we? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe maybe let's wait until until yeah. Innovate UK see what they say. Uh, let's leave it at that and leave the leave we'll people leave just hanging. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's just leave them hanging, and then they can check in on the CL website when when that when that gets finally announced in the Innovate UK um, website when that finally gets announced as well. So it seems as though like you've been you've been fairly successful over the last little while in in winning winning bids and 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 pulling money into the company and trying to drive that R and D that you're talking about. Um, what what do you see as any potential barriers or challenges during that application process? You clearly, obviously, you've overcome them, but there's obviously things that kind of crop up here and there, and you seem to be quite experienced at pulling those bits together. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if so, that there's a, there's quite a few different um, things and a lot of work involved in pulling together mm. um, these kinds of bits. And, and we didn't win the first few. We we sort of failed and tried again and failed and tried again and then eventually we've sort of gotten to this place now where we um seem to be at least at the moment satisfying um the criteria for for the different competitions um so i i think a, a lot of the success that we currently have is built on the back of failing quite a few times (laughs) fair enough (laughs) yeah yeah um, so if anyone's out there sort of and they've done an Innovate UK or any kind of grant funding and it hasn't gone well, uh, don't give up, like take those learnings and try again, because um, we wouldn't know how to do this successfully if we hadn't failed a few times beforehand. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's really important advice, you know, don't give up at the first hurdle, isn't it? Let's, there, there are obviously yeah. slight tweaks that can be made to, to applications to ensure that you are getting those scores that the Innovate UK and the assessors like to see and just it's a language thing as well isn't it? Right definitely so I, I think there's there's been a few there's like a few key insights I would say that like you know I would share with with the community Um, the first is the first time you put together one of these bids it's an enormous amount of templating work so yeah. The next time you go and do another one, you don't have to do all of that work. You can focus on the content and on the yeah. project that you're you're, you're putting forth. Um, the second is go out and get feedback from loads of different people. Um, and especially if you can find someone who is experienced with grants um, and grant writing, um, or if you can get some help, other help from organizations like Innovate UK Edge, and um, they've been absolutely enormously instrumental in, in helping us move on to the, the grant funding stage. And, and a lot of what they do is review of, of grant applications and assistance in getting those things together. Yeah. Um, depending on your specific situation, it might be worth getting someone to help um, with one bid and then you'll be able to that they will help you put together all of the templates and it may or may not be successful but you'll then have all of those sort of basic tools to be able to to make your next and subsequent applications um so that's been really really helpful for us and then i think the last thing that's been really useful for us is that we have a fairly wide remit of areas that we're looking to innovate around and, and that's partly because seaweed is a really massive potential field so there's yeah. lots of different things that we can um we can do as a project which involves similar kind of work but is a different proposal every time so um in our case for example a lot of the problems and barriers for seaweed cultivation are at the seeding reproductive um early stages and and the growing as well and so what we've done on a few different um sort of consortium and 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 project bids is 
is is say you know we need to do this thing and then on an, another bid we need to do something fairly similar but but different enough that it is a different bid um, yeah. and making yeah. sure that you're sort of making sure that you're looking at what you need to do as a company when you're being innovative and then packaging those things in a way that is suitable for particular competitions um and and going to be appealing for any specific type of 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 um application yeah that makes sense it's, it's just building on that kind of momentum i guess isn't it and kind of moving things forwards in that way um and you, yeah. and you, you talked about kind of the failures and not being not being too disheartened by some of those failures you know it's sometimes things are so close and you're just like a couple of points off but that just for me and probably for you as well that's just a little bit of encouragement to be like okay well we're on the same lines we're on the right lines it's just a little bit of tweaking here and there and it might, might be able to get it over the line I don't know I think you might be a better human than me Martin I, I <laughs> <laughs> you got the chip on your shoulder Paddy <laughs> I, I tend to go through and be like oh my goodness this is so disheartening and then you know if you look at the great thing about innovate uk um and they're obviously not the only funding source but they are a major yeah, one in, in yeah. the uk um is that they give you feedback they give you the scores they give you yeah. the thoughts that the examiner has at each point and so you know every every time you get feedback it's you know it's golden people don't give you feedback yeah. very much in life and and in this case i mean maybe in an exam or in school but like in in real life you don't get it very often so those that feedback is an opportunity to to take a look and see what you could have done differently or what you could have added or you know what you could have been more clear on yeah um, definitely which is really really valuable yeah definitely and i think you know we within cl as well we've got that kind of project team that can kind of look at that feedback because i appreciate you know people like you and uh, founders and chief execs are very busy people particularly when you're kind of in the early stage of building up a business we've got project team within cl that can pick apart that feedback and really drill down into it and make sure that you can kind of you know make sure that your next bid is, is as efficient and as on the button as possible to 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 make sure that you win that money um so it sounds as though like you've got through a lot of those challenges and a lot of those kind of barriers of like you know building the momentum moving things forwards listening to the feedback what do you think are the catalysts that help you and cv generation get through that well, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think that the, the CL funding to start off with was really, really helpful um, because, well, one, it's encouraging. Yeah, <laughs> two, true. two, money to help with the project. And, and three, when you're doing a subsequent application, you can say we've been funded to do that part and we've done some work already. And this other, you know, member or partner has seen the value in what we're doing. And we want to sort of take that forward, which means that, one, you're not starting from just you know a, a basis of just the idea you've already done some work towards it and um, as an indicator of you being quite serious about what you're doing and two someone else has seen the value in it which you know it's never yeah. a bad thing yeah, <laughs> so yeah that's true yeah that stuff has definitely helped um yeah and then I think in terms of other catalyzers I, I mean the Innovate UK itself is certainly a big one um there's a lot of opportunity at the moment for agriculture, aquaculture, climate change, sustainability. There's a lot of competitions and there are a lot of, of um, I mean, you know, essential needs really um, that the, the, the UK as a, as a country needs to, to address. And a lot of 
that innovation and a lot of the grant funding for that for those innovations is happening through Innovate UK so there are lots of different competitions and, and don't just look at like a smart grant you know go and go and have a yeah. look at some of the more specific and granular ones because those are if there's something that fits your project quite well then then those are going to be a, a much higher likelihood of success than if you're going to a generic competition yeah and it's a case of not 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 trying to force a square peg into a round hole as well isn't it making sure you say you know making sure it fits as best as possible to what you plan to do because that's just a barrier yeah. from the get-go if you're trying to force you know pigeonhole something that doesn't fit an assessor is going to pick up on that right away yeah yeah absolutely um and, and they're like very likely in in the areas of sort of you know food sustainability climate change innovation there there, there is very likely to be a competition that fits projects better than yeah. others and, you know choose, choose those relatively carefully yeah exactly exactly and so obviously a lot of those um funds that you've mentioned is particularly through innovate uk they're, they're all they're all collaborative collaborative funds you know there's, there's a consortium required mm -hmm. um you've been successful in a couple of innovate uk bids as you said how did you go about building that consortium or those consortia? Did, is it a kind of like just getting the name out there and throwing everybody in the ring or did you kind of cherry pick where you had to go and what you wanted to do? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so the consortium, so we've won, we've been successful in four collaborative bids so far. Um, and the consortium partners that we've chosen have been um, partly opportunistic you know, people yeah. that we're already working with, um, people that would be also a good fit for the specific competition. Um, and then they have been um, very, like, I suppose sort of cherry picked or we've gone out to try and find a, for one of the bids that we, um, that we won last year and we started a few months ago, um, our partner, we found our partner through our network um, because yeah. we, we, we went out to try and find somebody that could work with um, work with animal nutrition, um, and we found the right you know the right person um, who was, I suppose, sort of a, you you probably want an SME. Um, there are yeah. lots of different people who are trying to do innovative stuff in the UK, so sort of trying to find those in um, within your network or within a network like CL um, is really useful. And then um, in the most recent. Uh, the most recent couple that we've won, um, CL was a lot like an enormous you know, catalyzer for the consortium that we put together. And I would say, you know, is actually managing the consortium, um, which is yep. amazing. We'll try our um, best. <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> I, I have every faith. Um, uh, and then I, I mean, it, it's really a case of, I, if you, I suppose, if you have um, an opportunity to go through uh, a grant funding process, and you have the opportunity to win some money and you have a project that would be appropriate that's a fantastic way of building partnerships yeah, so if definitely. you have a company that you would like to build a partnership with um there is very little to lose by going to them and saying would you be interested in putting together a bid for this um this forward because it's you know it's it's money for everybody it's innovation for everyone um yeah. Uh, the you know the the act of putting together a, a, a project um proposal and a and a you know a competition entry is not that much of a lift but it lends itself to further partnership if you are successful yeah and it has, and it has that kind of trickle down effect doesn't it across that consortium everybody gets a bit of the cake basically 
yeah absolutely and everyone sort of manages their own process um which is yeah. nice but the so so it's not it is quite a light touch way i would say of, of developing a much deeper partnership cool that's good so you mentioned earlier well, well we both kind of said like you know don't don't force a square peg into a round hole um so how important was choosing the right fund and at, at the right time for you you know obviously you've got you've gone through this process of kind of like couple of failures, couple of kind of near misses, and then mm -hmm. started to build that momentum. Is that because the funding landscape has changed or is that because you've just become a little bit more astute at picking what fits best for you? Um, I think it's a bit of both. Um, okay. The funding landscape is more, there are more opportunities now that I'd say the government is putting an awful lot of money into Innovate UK um, mm -hmm. and the different competitions. It's it's definitely a lot of luck, and I, I most people who are listening to this podcast are probably going to be in agriculture or aquaculture, and there is a lot of opportunity in those specific areas at the moment. Um, again, which is driven from you know a real need for the UK to become more independent and more sustainable over mm -hmm. the in the near future. Um, they do tend to be quite broad i think the competitions are they're not they're not that narrow typically so it's been more a case of choosing something that sounds like it could be aligned with a project that we already have and then shaping the project to fit the competition yeah. in some ways so it's, yeah. it's a bit of growth you know it's not if you're if you're trying to grow if you're trying to grow a crop and it's um you know you're doing something that's slightly innovative about it you you might want to pick and choose whether you go for something that's like a novel food system or um, something that's more about nutrition. Um, yeah. But you you probably could make an argument for either case. Um, so it's you know largely going to be a case of do you wh what do you feel is going to be the best um, the best approach and the best competition for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's it is. It's about doing that horizon scanning and just kind of figuring out. As you say, not not necessarily manipulating the project so much that it becomes unrecognizable from your initial aims, but there's going to be trimmings around the edges just to make sure that it fits the the call and gets as much point as many points as possible in the assessors gap can yeah. kind of buy into the project. Absolutely, and and your consortium partners can can dictate a lot of that. Um, yeah, that's you know, true. Yeah, project may be exactly the same, but if your your partner is going to take it and turn it into an animal feed or a high protein food or whatever the other thing might be like it, it really you know that that can be an interesting way of, of shaping the project to, mm. um, according to the competition yeah that's true that's very true okay so i mean obviously the, there's the funding change the funding landscape changes all the time it's it's very complex it's very kind of fluid and all over the place and obviously innovate uk and, and the uk government are putting a lot of money into it into into mm -hmm. sustainable agriculture and ag, ag tech and all that sort of stuff which is really really positive from CL's point of view and really positive from obviously our network's point of view. Have you got any thoughts on kind of like what potentially should be included from from your point of view in any any upcoming calls that might be in the pipeline or kind of in the distant kind of makings in the in the uh, in the depths of Innovate UK or UK government? Oh interesting question. Um, <laughs> so I mean obviously I'd like to see more seaweed related calls. Um, I just That's what I you know I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I would personally 
like to see a lot more to do with climate change resilience. Um, I think that there's, and I think that that is happening to some extent through sort of, you know, food system calls and innovation around um, different ways that the UK can be potentially more independent um, and able to produce its own, you know, its own nutrition to a larger extent. Um, I, I do think that there are an enormous number of changes coming in our direction that we we could do a good job and Innovate UK would be a major stimulant of um, providing early research for things like, you know, carbon dioxide removal, uses of our ocean space, maybe uses of our city spaces. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I think there's, I think there's, there's just, there's going to be an unfathomable amount of change happening um, in the next decade or so. Like I got yeah. a flyer through my door yesterday um, telling me what to do in case of a flash flooding, um, wow. which has been which has been a, a thing that's you know we've seen flooding happen all over the country um, yeah. throughout the last um, or several decades, I'd say, and it's likely to increase. Extreme weather is likely to increase extreme heat waves which puts a lot of risk at the door of food systems, physical safety, um, you know, you name it. I think it's all going to change. So I would really like to see the government um, start to provide a lot of funding to innovations that can help us to adapt quicker. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not, not that they're not doing it, but I think that there's a, an awful lot more that can be done. Yeah, there's, there's a pressing need, I guess, isn't there? You know, there's kind of like a, a push in that direction. And, you know, it's been evident, obviously, over the last, <clears throat> I think it was it last week, the, the Earth recorded the uh, hottest day on record three days in a row or three times in the same week. So, yeah, yeah. things are shifting and it seems as though the El Nino, El Nino is, is not helping with that at the moment, which um, no, no. it's, yeah, it's it's interesting times. I think, you know, obviously from a CL's point of view, just bringing that back to what we do for a second, we did recently release um, a couple of reports looking at trying to bridge the gap towards net zero in livestock uh, and then a, another report looking at animal health and how that can help uh, help contribute to sustainability so yeah there is it's something that we're aware of um, and it's something that is that needs to be heightened I would agree in in central government and, and in funding streams to to enable that innovation because let's face it innovation is usually expensive it's usually risky and if we can de-risk it then great yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's not just the funding landscape as well. It's also the the policy landscape. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Changes. Um, so, you know, at some point, once you've done a, a bunch of R&D and you've you've done your innovation and you've got your sort of, you know, you think that you've got something that's going to work, then you need a place where you can do it. And yep. <laughs> that's not necessarily exactly. the easiest either. So there's lots of different roles that the government can play. And yep. I'm optimistic that... Um, that we're moving fairly quickly in this country, perhaps not as quickly as we need to, but it's certainly quicker than a lot of other countries. Yeah, good. That's good. And I guess uh, we're, we're kind of rapidly running out of time. The time's flown by, but I suppose one final killer question. What top three tips would you repeat to ensure that you're successful next time around? Oh, gosh. Uh, top three tips to ensure you're successful. Um, so I would choose the right project for the right funding call. Mm -hmm. 
and make sure you have a really good understanding of how your project will align and what you can do to make it better. I would choose your consortium partners to fit the call and to help your project be shaped even more appropriately yeah. to the funding call. Um, and I would I would go through the question answer templates and make sure that when you look at the content that you're supposed to include in each question, that you have a good answer for each specific point um, and that you're making sure that you do every part of it because those questions, I mean, it really is like an exam, you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. you miss, if you miss a question, that's 10% of the possible answer. And yeah. you're going to want to be in at least, depending on the competition, but at least sort of like 75% and upwards for a successful bid. So you can't drop parts of it, like each yeah, section yeah. does really matter. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can't afford to drop even a few percent because it could it could impact on whether you're successful or not. So, yeah, it's. A, yeah, I mean, you, you will drop, percent, but, you know, like. Make sure oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. We've so ticked every box. Yeah, but if you don't answer the question, then you, you haven't got those percentage in the first place. So yeah, answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic, Paddy. Um, thanks very much for joining us today. It's been really interesting and really insightful to get your thoughts on on the success that you've had with with seaweed generation so far, and, and obviously those funding bids. Just a reminder to the listeners that you can check out any of the previous podcasts that we've we've issued over the last little while on the um, CL website, which is www.cielivestock.co.uk. And don't forget to have a look at the uh, Funding for the Future webinar, which is also on the same website um, and behind the members area. As I say, I was Martin Sutcliffe. Thank you very much for joining us today and we'll speak to you soon. <laughs>